Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Michael Robson, it's been way too long. We're back at Ruben's Burger Bistro here in Boulder, Colorado with Just Like Butter, another edition. It's been more than two weeks, eh? How'd the weekend go? It was awesome. Um, well, it was still way too hot for cross, and um, I'm still waiting patiently. A lot of us are waiting patiently for the cross weather to come. But um, 90% yeah. chance of rain on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. That's not next Saturday, though. <laughs> um, a, a foot of snow. That's when you've got my attention. One foot of snow. I love it. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, still, it's still really hot. Even on Sunday, it was just... it was. I don't know, I, mean, I guess it was mid-70s or something. It was blazing hot. It was totally hot. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. it's hard to go that hard in, you know, doing a cross race. And you're not going that fast. You're not getting, your, your body's not getting that cooled off. Well, foot of snow, that kind of leads into our topic for tonight. Mm. Uh, I was going to call the show Breaks Like Butter, but that didn't really, you know, work. <laughs> butter, butter doesn't break very well. If you put butter on your braking surfaces, you're probably going to go faster. <laughs> but, uh, you know, riding today with carbon rims and cork pads, it was raining hard up on Old Stage. I heard it wasn't raining down here, but uh, I'm coasting down and see a deer on the side of the road, which freaks me which out. Which freak, yeah, obviously. And uh, hit the brakes, and there's no stopping power there at all. So. Yeah. Well, you know, and we touched on this earlier in the year when we were talking about the Tour de France and all the crashes yep. and stuff. And, you know, I, I really... I, I thoroughly believe over the years when you reef the brakes on on carbon rims, you know, especially on a cantilever cross bike, um, back when we rode them, um, your bike would actually speed up a little bit first, and then it would start to slow down. It's you know, it's very unnerving, and um, it's weird in cross because the Belgies are really sticking with it. They're really, really sticking with cantilevers, and if they you are. have, oh yeah, if you have a good set of cantilevers that are well set up, they work surprisingly well. But it it takes significantly more hand force than it does to to operate um, a hydraulic disc brake. So um, it, it, I think, uh, you know, I would definitely rather have disc brakes. So you'd rather have disc brakes? I mean, it gives you more wheel selection, actually, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, as of just recently, there's, a, there's way more disc brake wheels on, on the market. Um, I'd say it's probably about 50-50 right now. A lot of manufacturers are definitely starting to make specific wheels for cyclocross and for disc, disc brakes and for, you know, like the gravel grinder set. Um, and I just did a whole, bunch of, a whole bunch of testing on tubeless wheels. And there's a lot to choose from out there now. There's a bunch of good stuff. A lot of, a lot of companies will just tell you to run their mountain bike wheels. 
like Envy and Stans will both just say, right, ride their, um, their cross-country mountain bike wheels with cross tires on them. And, you know, that works great because, the, you know, the standard is, the standard is, you know, 142 through axle or 135 quick release. Um, so the discs fall, you know, the disc rotors and calipers and everything fall in the same place. So the selection's pretty good for equipment right now. Now, but in snow, ice, slush, heavy mud, you're still going to get some interference, aren't you, with the braking surface? Yeah, but it, it um, the, the disc brake calipers just have so much more power. And, they, and you know, it's obviously like a, a the, the brake pads are designed to grab the, the metal rotor. So it's, it's a way more effective system than just trying to grab the rims. With a, you know, with a lot less mechanical advantage. So even in really high contaminant situations with mud and um, mud and especially like rain and sand, you're you're gonna have still have really really effective and predictable braking. So that's the big thing is that is braking predictability. Like you pull on the brakes and something actually happens. Like you know you're saying when you pull on the brakes on with with uh, carbon rims half the time you speed up a little bit before you start slowing down, and, and it, it gives nothing. you a bit of a fright. So um, you know, and it's just. So, like, I get a little conflicted actually because I look at all the almost all the Euro guys are still riding cantilevers, and those guys do fine. And you don't actually do a ton of heavy braking in cross, um, except for if you you know just going down some crazy bomb with a corner at the end of it. But once again, the Belgians seem to do okay with it. One thing I've found is it just it really decreases all the upper body tension in, in your body. Like it, it takes, you know, instead of having your hands crunching down on the brakes and, and having your hands working way too hard to get braking power, even when you're under, you know, full braking, chattering down a hill like I, like I was on, um, on Saturday and Sunday at Valmont here in Boulder, you do, you, you're not pulling that hard on the brakes that it really creates a lot of tension in your upper body. And that obviously dramatically improves your handling. So... At the People UCI race this weekend, hmm. um, what would you say was the um, ratio of disc brakes to oh, normal brakes? In, in, in the U.S., disc brakes are pretty much ubiquitous Far at this away. point. Oh, okay. yeah, by a long shot. There's a, there's a few guys out there with cantilevers, but almost everybody would be on discs now. And, you know, America, um, the U.S. is uh, always sort of the early adopter when it comes to technologies like this. So this, the disc brake thing is, has picked up and taken off and and in a lot of ways in cross taken almost completely over here in the u.s while the the belgians and the the euros are still kind of standing around twiddling their thumbs kind of wondering what to do next wondering if they're going to do it or not and you know you have guys like matthew vanderpoel and lars van der haar and um, even now this year sven nice riding disc brake bikes a lot in the euro races and um you know those those guys are up the front and winning lars van der, van der haar won on um on Sunday at Valkenburg. So, I mean, it's, it's not like it's exactly slowing him down. Now, your team on Moots. Yep. What's Frame Builder feel about this? Oh, man. I kind of feel sorry for those guys. I think they kind of hate it. There's just all, <laughs> there's a lot of different stuff they have to do. Um, you know, Because, I mean, that is extra effort on their part. Well, yeah, and every time every time someone comes out with a new standard, <laughs> which isn't one, um, <laughs> they have to, you know, they have to design around it and work out how it works and then, you know, go go through issues of of it failing and not working and then redesigning it. And you know, like I, I even know it better just for for us having to work out how to make a chain holder for through axles. We went through several generations of that and just having problems with one manufacturer that just made, you know, like made their Rear, their rear end just a little bit different and it was really really hard to adapt so you know I see the frame manufacturers sort of struggling with it you know 
that we've been on disc brakes for uh, the last few, you know, everyone's sort of been heavily into disc brakes for the last few years now. It's really gotten in and taken off the hydraulics have really gotten a lot a lot better and a lot once again more ubiquitous so now um the trend is going towards having through axles like mountain bikes so the 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 new moots that i just took delivery of on uh, sunday um is actually a through axle bike so now you have disc brakes through axles so and what happens then is the impetus is on the wheel builders to um to basically supply the consumer with everything they could possibly need for any possible frame that they're going to try to try and put the bike put on the bike uh any any frame they're going to try and put their wheels on i mean so um you know mavic's actually really really good at this what they're all of their new stuff their new all road line and the, the new carbon cerium's um in the box when you get it is just a blister pack of every possible end cap and, and quick release skewers oh, really? and every single thing you could possibly need to put those wheels on any bike you could possibly think of and that's really cool, but but the impetus really is on the on the um, frame manufacturers and on the wheel manufacturers to make sure people have those options and have those choices. You know, sometimes you'll you'll I'll get a set of test wheels and the the appropriate end caps for quick release or or 12 millimeter front end through axle won't be available, and that's kind of you know like you said, it's just it's just kind of a pain in the ass to deal with that stuff. Just like butter, we're at Ruben's Burger Bistro, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas here with Michael Robson. We are talking brakes. Yeah. Probably brakes with cyclocross. What's that? With cyclocross bikes. With what? That's the focus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. we're talking about. No, yeah. I was wondering where you are going with that line of questioning, man. No, um, the disc brake thing, you know, I, I coach juniors, which is... Which... And juniors was... What I was going to bring up next. Oh, so awesome. Okay. Well, we'll just jump straight into that. One thing I have noticed with the juniors and, you know, I'm sure with, with anyone with, with, you know, smaller hands that aren't so strong, maybe, you know, smaller women, junior kids, young kids, the disc brakes are absolutely phenomenal for them because, it, because, once again, they can be way more relaxed on the bike. And, you know, the really little kids you see out there racing, you know, the, the 10, 8, 10, 12-year-olds, they go railing into a corner and their hands are so small and, and so not strong that they'll reef on the brakes with everything they've got and they really don't know if, it's, if their bike's going to slow down or not. Like they, you can I was going to say, with an 8, 9, 10-year-old, are you seeing them with a top-end bike? I mean, are they... Oh, in Boulder you do, yeah. You like do. Pe- People turn up with some pretty, pretty Gucci stuff to the coaching. But there's kids that just have, you know, like the old cantilever stuff. But one thing I've noticed with a lot of my juniors is they, you know, they, ca- they get involved in the sport. Um, you know, a few of the kids that have been riding, riding with my group for a few years now, they get involved in the sport. They typically came in on a cantilever bike because that's all they had. And the second they, they graduated to a disc brake bike, a mechanical disc brake bike or even a hydraulic bike, that their um, their racing performance and their handling ability just skyrocketed instantly because they just weren't afraid anymore. They weren't afraid that the bike wasn't going to stop. They know that it's actually going to happen when they pull on the brakes, and that's a big deal. Like I think that's a really, really big deal for kids. Let's talk about Boulder Juniors just for a minute because you've been associated with that organization for quite some time and and some of your juniors when you started were up racing uh, senior now oh my god it's it's and doing uh, absolutely well. amazing there's there's a whole bunch of kids now who came up through our program who i've known since they were you know eight and ten years old and um and they're starting to ride in elite fields and kick us you know we had on on the weekend i mean just off the top of my head we had grant elwood 
um, who's who came up through the BJC program, and I think he got top ten in the in the elite race on Sunday. I don't know how he did on Saturday. We've got Max Chance, who came through our program. Ian McPherson, who came through our program. Um, young Eric Bruner, who's just um, he's still actually in BJC, the BJC program as oh, is. as is Grant Elwood. Like they're they're in the BJC elite team, and um, Eric Bruner's. I, I think he got um, second in an elite race here in Boulder, and he's he's 17 years old for crying out loud. I mean these these kids are unbelievable, and it's it, it's truly a, a incredible and beautiful honor to watch them come up through the program and watch them not only turn into really good bike riders, but they're all really really good kids. This was the first race where the Butter team actually raced as a team together. How did it go? It was great. I mean, it was the first time we were sort of all together in one place, sort of officially for a weekend. So, um, yeah, it was great to get the, the boys down here. We just, we had such a flipping blast. My wife was out of town, so we just had basically boys club on Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, instead of doing the honeydew list on Saturday afternoon, we got back from the race and we watched our bikes and I think we watched a bunch of Eddie Murphy movies like back to back to back. Nice. Sat, that sounds like sat around really on the, good on the couch. Oh. It was one of the best Saturday afternoons I can remember having in a really, really long time. It was so incredibly laid back. Anyway, you know, we rolled over to Whole Foods and got some got something to eat, came back. It was awesome. <laughs> so back to braking. Yeah. Uh, what do you see as kind of the future of brakes? When uh, disc brakes came out, did you think they would evolve to this point? Are you surprised oh, yeah. at what's yeah. happened? No, not at all. Like, I... I, I, I figured, you know, especially in the U.S., that it would really take off. I'm actually surprised that the Belgians haven't, the Euros haven't adopted it as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really thought that, you know, the, a few of the top Euros, once they... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Started using it like Sven Ice. Um, Matthew Vanderpoel, Lars Vanderhaar, that it would really actually take off. But then you still see basically the rest of the Euro Peloton, the rest of the Euro cross guys, all running cantilevers. So that's, I'm surprised it hasn't taken off yet. But here in the US, I, and, and I, you know, I'll cross the board for disc brakes um, in a mountainous area like Colorado, you really see more of it. Um, the biggest problem is still heat brakes overheat and the, the, the rotors burn up and the brakes you know fade or fail or you're constantly destroying equipment because you're because you're overheating your brakes and um, that's a problem that really that kind of really causes needs to some be solved. stopping issues doesn't it yeah it's it's definitely not cool um, and 
that that's going to be the biggest barrier stopping disc brakes from from getting too far into the road. They're going to have to solve that problem. And I mean, maybe they can adopt technologies from um, from motorcycles or autos or something where they have dual layer disc rotors. Are you but, worrying about weight? Well, that was my next point. So you you try and sell that to anyone riding a bike, and they ask how much it weighs. So th- stuff like that. You know, double layered like sandwich disc rotors or something like that. It's all going to weigh a ton. So that, you know, that's why sometimes technologies in the cycling industry just don't seem as reliable and robust as they as they are before they're you know like as they are when they're in, in in the case of cars or motorcycles or something like that. When we're talking about disc brakes, disc brakes work great in motorcycles and cars and trucks and all that kind of stuff because. They're not concerned about the weight. They they put the performance of the brake first, and then they try and you know they basically see how how they can lighten it up. Um, you know, even in the case of Formula One, that stuff still weighs quite a bit. Um, but its main focus is that it actually works. In cycling, it seems to be like, well, I mean, it really should work, but if it if it works really really well and it weighs a ton, no one's going to buy it. So maybe it could sort of work pretty well. You know, and this is actually. This is a terrible idea in the case of brakes. It should work pretty well, but weigh, you know, it, it can't weigh very much. So then you, you know, we're back to the discussion of, of bombing down a big mountain, of which we have tons here in Boulder, and um, and having your brakes overheat and, and uh, you know, like I said, sometimes you don't have any noticeable brake fade or you don't go sailing off the side of the guardrail or anything, but you get home and you've just you've you've overheated a rotor and destroyed another rotor, and that rotor is pretty much that the the rotor once it's hot and it's been kind of blackened um it's kind of destroyed it's done it's done and it'll squeal and be a pain in the ass and just be it'll never be the same again just take it off and throw it away so it's just if nothing else it's more more time working on stuff in the garage and more money what are you talking about replacement costs there oh rotors i think i don't know do you think i've ever bought a rotor um i think rotors are 20 25 bucks or something I don't know. It sucks. I mean, it's just, you know, you add those up. Right. Every time you're coming home from a ride, you blow another set of rotors. No, I mean, how much do uh, brake pads cost? Brake, pad, uh, brake pads are pretty yeah. cheap, too, but you don't really go through them, and you don't really, you don't damage the brake, brake pads that much, when even when you overheat a rotor. Um, it's the rotor that suffers. Oh, yeah. no, I meant, you know, cork pads. They're pretty expensive. Yeah, they're really expensive. <laughs> but you don't burn through them that much. You know, in a... This was actually a problem at sort of at the beginning of disc brakes when you'd be in a race and you're, you would actually eat all the way through your brake pads during the course of a race. And, um, in one race? Dis, yeah, disc brakes. Um, but, and everyone was freaking out about that. And I remember actually talking to Leonard Zinn about this uh, when we were in Madison, the first year of Madison when everyone was on mechanical disc brakes uh, for nationals and everybody was, was running out of braking power. Their pads were wearing so fast. In the, in the highly abrasive conditions that they'd basically run out of braking power by the end of the race. So when you would pit, you would, you would bring your bike into the pit, switch bikes, and your, your mechanic would take your bike away and wash it. And before they gave the bike back to you, they, they'd dial in the brakes a bit further so you'd actually get some braking power back. And that was sometimes uh, on some of the mechanical bikes, you couldn't make it all the way through one whole lap without your brakes fading to the point that they didn't work anymore. But that happens with cantilevers as well. That, uh, on a cantilever bike in a really, really high contamination race, you will absolutely ream a set of brake pads all the way down to the carriers, and you'll actually you'll start to um, really scrape the braking surface and a lot of material off your carbon rims. So you you can destroy 
you can pretty much end a set of carbon wheels in a particularly nasty cyclocross race with a lot of braking. That's so it's kind of same same, you know. And carbon wheels are not cheap. What's the next technological breakthrough with braking uh, that you see as being necessary? Where do we go from here? Well, like I said, we've got to solve the I mean, heat, obviously the heat reliability. issue. Yeah, the, the, well, they're pretty, re- they're incredibly reliable. Yeah, and especially the, the hydraulics. Like it's a fantastic sealed system. It doesn't lose performance. It's not like the cables get contaminated and the levers get hard to pull. The hydraulic brakes are the same, exactly the same day in day out, and that is absolutely friggin' fantastic. Um, they will probably, I, I imagine, somebody is working on pad technology. So hopefully. You know, getting a combination of pads and rotors just right, so that you, so that when you are in a high contaminant race, like a really muddy, gritty, silty race that's that's highly abrasive, you're not chewing up your brake pads and you're not and you're not um, eating up your rotors. So I think um, just getting the pad technology down so pads pads last longer but still perform well would be would be a, a, a something that would need to be addressed. And then um, the heat issue has to be. It's got to be fixed, and I don't know even what to say about that. I thought double-layered rotors, but they'll weigh so much. What do you see as kind of the next step in technology other than brakes? Where are bikes going to... What's the next thing in cyclocross? Gosh, I don't even know. I mean, it, I mean, seem, it, it seems like at this point are, everything's been done. Yeah. I mean, there's, they've so, stuffed so many cogs, stuffed so many <laughs> cogs in the back end. That you know, eleven cogs is a lot of cogs to have in, in the back of a bike. Um, you know, the the brakes have been dialed in. It's electronic shifting. You know, one thing I saw when I was at Interbike was the new SRAM E-Tap. Uh-huh. Um, the elect, it's wireless electronic shifting. So I know this is slightly off the topic of brakes, but we'll yeah, we'll but loop back to it. Where we're going? But um, you know, it's well, the brake and the lever is all you know built into one right. these days. Um, that ETAP stuff was really flipping cool. And if they can make it reliable, I mean, think about never having to cable up a bike again. Thinking about, think about a bike that doesn't even have cable stops on it. It would have one set of stops that run the hydraulic line to the, to the, um, back, to the back wheel from the handlebars, and the rest is just bare. It's not there. There's nothing there. The stuff seemed to work really, really well. It seemed to be ultra-reliable. Imagine um, needing to change a derailleur, like you, you crash and you break a derailleur, you just you pop your chain like you you pop the link in your chain and you unbolt the derailleur and take it off. That's it. There's no cable, no adjustments, no nothing. It's abs. It's that's intoxicating, man. And if they can get this right and it works well, it'll be really flipping cool. Di2 um, from Shimano, you know, obviously wired electronic shifting was a huge deal, and Shimano just knocked it out of the park. Um, but the that SRAM ETAP stuff. I, I ab- I'm absolutely certain they're going to do a hydraulic ETAP lever. So once you've got wireless, hydraulic, reliable, hopefully shifting with hydraulic brakes, it's, it's over, man. That's cool as hell. <laughs> as, l- as long as they can make it work. I mean, I, I just really hope they can make it reliable. The ETAP, um, the, the ETAP front and rear derailleur has its, own dera- uh, has its own battery, and you can actually remove the battery, so you can remove it for charging, or if you, you know, if you're out riding, you could carry just a spare battery in your pocket with your wallet, or you know, with your with your phone, and if you run out of shifting power, you just pop out, pop a new battery in the derailleur. The, the system is is neat, but one thing we actually did that was hilarious was um, you, you could ride up behind someone and and pop the little tabs on the battery and steal their battery. 
So, so for racing or for, you know, for, for if you have nefarious friends like, like me, um, you'd probably want to duct tape that thing on or something, make sure no one can mess with it. We stole a guy's battery. It was hilarious. Upcoming events, what's, uh, what's up for the butter team? Uh, not much. We're just going gonna to keep racing, um, coaching juniors and, and making them faster than us. That's always, that's always kind of a little hard to take. You're, you're sort of a bit like a proud father when, you, when your own juniors kick your ass, but it's also like getting shot with your own gun. <laughs> you just teach them all this, you know, just beautiful, incredibly efficient, smooth riding, and you just watch them get better and better and better, and then one day you just watch them ride away from you, and you're just like, shit. <laughs> It's cool though. It's just it's it it makes your heart swell. It's absolutely beautiful. And so um, yeah, not much. Not a, we're not doing a ton in the way of events. We had a, a good party at Vecchio's on Friday night that was hilarious. We had a um, a new butter event that we came up with. Um, it was called the Butter You Up Challenge. So um, two people were blindfolded, and each of them had a piece of Wonder Bread and some butter and some sprinkles in front of them. So you're blindfolded and you can't see, and you've got to put butter on a on a piece of Wonder Bread. Um, put sprinkles on it and then feed it to your teammate and then your teammate's got to f- find the butter knife on the table well, this is all blindfolded put butter on the bread put sprinkles on it and feed it to you and it was messy and hilarious and the guys from Alpha won the guys from from Alpha down in Centennial just killed everybody now I had been hoping to go back from Mississippi to be a part of that <laughs> event and you, when you, I heard you might be glad you, you missed it up, I, I thought you were going to be buttering each other oh yeah that sounds a bit gross I didn't think of that no, no, it wasn't that at all. It was, oh, okay. it was totally, it, it was above board, hands on table. <laughs> it so, was, it was fun though. Summation <laughs> for breaking. What's that? Summation. Um, it's it's definitely going in the right direction. I think it's you know, like I said, it's great for juniors. It's it's um, it's becoming you know the brake brakes on bikes are becoming more universal, so that so that they're they're more effective for a wider range of people. Um, way safer way more predictable um makes people feel a lot more confident and you know especially in the case of you know stuff like mountain biking and cyclocross people feel more confident they feel like they can stop when they want to um i i I think it's a great thing i'm i'm still just just tapping my fingers waiting for the euros to get on it and just and decide that they that they like disc brakes um and uh you know, I think it'll really take off after that. But it's just, it's the same thing. It's like that, just sort of the Fred Flintstone thing we were talking about a while back. Like, why, why the hell are we trying to grab the rim of the bike out at the tire with like some janky bike, like rubber pads? You know, it's that's full on horse and cart shit. And every, almost every other wheeled vehicle on the planet has an, you know, a more advanced system like disc brakes. We can do this, and it can get a lot better. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I see it obviously continuing and, and, and doing well. I mean, at some point it's going to have to settle down and, you know, all the, like the through axle standards and the, you know, the, the hydraulic this and cable actuated that. I mean, it, that's all going to have to settle down and, and hopefully become somewhat standardized, especially for the frame and wheel manufacturers. But I think it's going in the right direction. I love it. Good to see you again here at Ruben's Burger Bistro in Boulder, Michael. Always a pleasure. And uh, well, we're not going to be on schedule next time, but we will be here on Tuesday, November the 3rd. Tuesday, November, okay. Yeah, I'll put that I'll in my calendar right now. November the 2nd. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, got it. Okay, so we'll just be a day late. Just a day late. Oh, man, people will be sitting by their computers panicking. I know. They'll be and up all night. are going to be in here. Just Who the hell is it? Ah. <laughs> See ya.
Just like butter. Boulder, Colorado. For Michael Robson, I am George Thomas. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 